Just months after announcing the decriminalization of possession of all drugs, the BC government unveiled legislation aimed at curbing open-air drug use. The plan has been met with criticism from harm reduction proponents and skepticism from the NDP government's political opponents. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. Vancouver Sun legislative reporter Katie DeRosa joins me to discuss the motivation behind the law, what locations are being targeted, and how the government reconciles this move with its past announcement on decriminalization. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So Katie, the BC government introduced new legislation last week relating to the consumption of drugs. And now what does this legislation aim to do? Uh, so basically, this is re- in, in response to uh, criticism from mayors, criticism from uh, BC United opposition parties that uh, after the government introduced its de- decriminalization policy in January, it almost was essentially an open uh, open invitation for uh, dr- drug use in parks, playgrounds, uh, uh, beaches, and uh, places where kids and families are. Uh, and businesses were also concerned about uh, drug use on you know sidewalks in front of door ways and that kind of thing. So the government was responding to that. So the legislation basically uh, it was a lot more sweeping than than people were expecting. Uh, it effectively uh, bans drug use in almost all public spaces. So uh, within six meters of a doorway, similar to smoking, um, splash pads, skate parks, uh, uh, in front of a library, in front of businesses. So, uh, you know, again, it is quite a uh, uh, quite a um, people. The critics are saying it's a backtrack to the government's original decriminalization policy, which aims to uh, destigmatize and not treat uh, addiction as a criminal issue, but rather as a health issue. Uh, so, so I think there's um, there's obviously debate on both sides, which we'll talk about. But the the government was responding to to criticism to uh, to address open drug use. So, so there was pushback from the decriminalization plan from a few months ago that that potentially saw the government needing to to bring this in but but was there perhaps was there an increase in in people using drugs in open air settings that sparked this as well or was there just concerns that this may happen well i mean that's a great question and that is really hard to measure but for example chief coroner lisa lapointe her position is that she doesn't believe there was an increase in open drug use but she just uh perhaps a perception that people feel safe when they see people using drugs so she is is one of the the most vocal critics of the government's measures last week she says this will push people back into alleyways where they're higher at higher risk of overdose without anyone seeing them and therefore at higher risk of death. And she criticized the government for introducing legislation that essentially um, re-stigmatizes people and says that just by using drugs, people are a threat. Uh, people who use drugs are a threat to the public. And, and she, she questions that whether that's accurate. Uh, however, we also heard from uh, BC United leader Kevin Falcon, and he 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 challenged Lisa LaPointe and said that there's examples of children finding fentanyl on playgrounds and so that, yes, it is a risk. So those are the two sort of camps and there's the, uh, there's a lot of tension between them, but it is hard to measure whether open drug use has gone up or just whether public uh, public reaction has um, you know, has been uh, negative towards it. Obviously, we have seen an increase in 
violent crime and, and also random violent assaults. And a lot of people associate that with the uh, um, effects of drug use. Mm-hmm. Now, as you mentioned, this comes months after the province announced it would be decriminalizing possession of all drugs. So some people may be pointing out, well, that's a contradiction on the part of the government, or some may be pointing out that the the government is realizing their initial plan was a failure and forcing them to backtrack. How does the government acknowledge the potential contradiction here? Well, I I asked the premier uh, last week, is this this an admission that the original policy was flawed, that the government uh, either moved too quickly or didn't? Put, put enough, say, mental health and addiction supports along with decriminalization. Uh, Premier EB refused to admit that this is a reversal. He said that you can still have decriminalization, but that's not an open invitation or an, uh, an endorsement of people to use drugs wherever they like. He said that people should be uh, who use drugs should be using those drugs in overdose consumption or safe consumption sites. So that is the pro- the proper way to get supports to be uh, to to use drugs in the most uh, in the safest manner. But again, critics will say there is not enough of those overdose prevention sites. So the government needs to to step that up. Um, one of my colleagues, uh, Daphne Bram, she went to Portugal several years ago to study uh, how their decriminalization uh, system has worked, and the the head of that policy said categorically decriminalization alone will not reduce opioid deaths. You have to have treatment for whoever needs it. Someone should be able to walk into a treatment center or uh, and get treatment that day. That does not exist in BC. So I, I, it sounds like decriminalization uh, has not been followed up with the wraparound supports for addiction uh, recovery that that's needed. Now, looking at the the mechanics of this proposed legislation, do, does this mean that police would have the power to arrest people caught doing drugs in any of these places that you mentioned, like parks or near daycare centers or or anything like that? Or is it a case of they get a ticket? Like how does it how does it work if if drugs are decriminalized there, but you can't use them in an open setting? What what role do the police play here? Right. So so the legislation does say that uh, first police must ask the individual to to move along to a different area. So that's the first step. And and if the person doesn't leave, that's when the police have the power to arrest that person and seize their drugs. But again, even just seizing the drugs, that seems to be a reversal from the original intent of decriminalization was that um, if you seize someone, someone's drugs, they might be more inclined to commit a crime to get more drugs. So, uh, or perhaps they had a safe supply, and if you seize those drugs, they might get a toxic supply that could lead to to death. So, again, there's there's criticism of of police being able to seize drugs again if if people refuse to to leave the area. Um, but uh, Minister Mike Farmworth, public safety minister, stressed that the intent of the new law is not to arrest people. It's to gain voluntary compliance. And uh, even Vancouver Police uh, Deputy Chief Fiona Wilson, she also said that, you know, police will use their discretion and only arrest people when the behavior is problematic or repeated. So uh, there, there is, a, uh, again, the stress, they're stressing that they want to get people to overdose prevention sites instead of arresting people. But again, we'll have to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. And as mentioned that, you know, the Lisa LaPointe, the, the coroner 
was not exactly a fan of this move. I can't imagine this went over well with other advocates of, of harm reduction. What's been the response in that sector? The people who work with these uh, these individuals on the streets, in, in open air settings, in safe consumption settings. What are the, some of the other concerns that have been raised? Well, basically, uh, I, I spoke to uh, Vince Tao of the Vancouver Area Network of Drug Users. Their acronym is VANDU. Uh, and he basically said that decriminalization is dead. Uh, and he he worried that people, this is going to uh, cause uh, more deaths. And, uh, you know, basically said it's a huge step back. Um, and, and Lisa Point largely echoed that. She, again, said that she feels that this is a legis- legislation that uh, reinforces uh, reinforces the sense that people are at risk from other people using drugs, and and that is again a, a stigmatization. Uh, again, Kevin Falcon responded to that, saying that back in the early two thousands when he was in government, the government was trying to uh, restrict smoking in public, and again we we have you know you can't smoke within six meters of doorways, and and he said yeah to some extent uh, the smoking is stigmatized. But we've seen a dramatic reduction in people smoking. Uh, again, I asked Lisa LaPointe about that, and she said to compare smoking and and drug use, which uh, drug use obviously kills uh, a lot more people. Six people a day are dying. Uh, she does not accept that comparison. So um, I, I, I definitely think that in this case, the, the government was responding to, to several mayors who were moving to uh, pass their own bylaws restricting drug use. Uh, for example, Port Coquitlam, Kamloops, uh, Campbell River were all looking at passing their own bylaws. And the government didn't want a situation where individual communities had uh, different policies. And, and so it was a patchwork of, of, of policies all over the place. So, um, I, you know, it, it definitely seems like the government is is trying like well it's the premier eb says they're trying to find a balance but so far uh, critics on both sides are, are unhappy so we'll have to see if this actually improves the safety in parks and also if people uh, if it leads to perhaps more safe consumption sites where people can use drugs we'll be right back one of the things that that kind of I think maybe trips me up, trips other people up when you, when you think about the issue around drugs, the overdose crisis in Vancouver, that a lot of it is just centralized in Vancouver that, you know, the, you think, uh, the downtown East side is kind of ground zero for these issues. Is it just a Vancouver issue or the, the fact that, you know, this is a, a provincial initiative indicative of problems that are going on elsewhere in BC? Oh, I definitely would not say it's just Vancouver because, again, we have seen some of those municipalities, uh, Prince George, Penticton, Kelowna, all trying to pass bylaws or looking at bylaws uh, in response to this. So uh, definitely um, municipalities were asking for for action, asking for guidance. Uh, and, and you're right, a lot of the, the visibility is in Vancouver, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, it seems like after the pandemic, uh, people are really struggling with addiction and it seems like the government is is slow to catch up to uh, having enough mental health beds, having enough treatment facilities, uh, again, having um, uh, overdose prevention sites and also, uh, you know, safe supply. There, again, there's even there's debates about about safe supply and and to what extent people should be 
given harm reduction versus treatment. There is really a tension there between those two methods of, of safe, um, uh, safe policy for dealing with addiction. Uh, but today in, uh, in Vancouver, there was an announcement of, you know, $1.2 billion in federal funding over three years for BC for both health and mental health. And Minister Jennifer Whiteside, um, promised to increase the, the access to mental health uh, beds, mental health supports. Uh, but again, critics have said that is not moving fast enough for the number of people who are, are struggling. So um, I really, I do think, again, way beyond Vancouver, this is an issue and, and the government is really uh, scrambling to, to address it. So we have comment from Vancouver police. Do we get a sense that RCMP who, who, handle policing in other areas of the province are see this as a positive move or at least a, a tool for them to use or or have we not heard from RCMP yet um I, I well there was some you know qu- quotes in, in the press release and, and it seems like with you know the um, BC police Association uh, or sorry BC chiefs of police Association that was sort of the the spokes the spokesperson for for several different police departments but you know it does seem like police departments are happy to have some tools because Again, previously, if someone was was using drugs in a park, there was not as um, there was not a, a clear piece of legislation to to move them along. Uh, so I do think this provides some clarity to police, and again, kind of sets the sets the framework of uh, trying to gain voluntary compliance as opposed to arresting people first. Uh, and I'm, you know, obviously, police I don't think want to be hauling someone into police cells and for, for a fairly minor offense. So, but again, I think police will want to see that, well, if you're telling us to move someone along and they're saying, well, where can I go? They, the police also want to see the healthcare options such as overdose prevention sites. So I, I definitely think that that will be, the pressure will be on the government to, to increase the access to those uh, sites. And was that missing from the announcement last week? I know, as you mentioned, there are concerns that there aren't enough places for uh, people who use drugs to go and, and, and use. And, and even beyond that, the sites that are around don't necessarily cater to people who choose to smoke their drugs as opposed to to IV drug use are are there hopes that the government will will move on some of those things soon or any indication from the government that, that they'll do that or is that still an unknown in this case I, well i mean that's a great question i i asked that uh this morning to minister whiteside uh will there be with this federal funding that was announced this morning will there be an increase in overdose prevention sites and how many uh, i didn't get an answer to that she she basically you know announced how many were previously opened but um the meant, uh, the government's own data shows that only 19 of bc's 47 overdose prevention sites allow smoking of drugs uh, like as opposed to uh, to intravenous use and however, coroner service data shows that 65% of overdose deaths in 2023 were as a result of smoking drugs. So there obviously is a, a need for more um, consumption sites that allow people to smoke their drugs. And and harm reduction advocates were saying that the legislation should have been coupled with a firm funding announcement for uh, uh, you know how many expanded overdose prevention sites will there be. Uh, especially, they, they noted that in Vancouver's Yaletown and in Nanaimo, those are two sites that are set to close. So we're actually losing overdose prevention sites. So again, not really a um, uh, a strong um, 
a strong indication that the government is is willing or is looking to to uh, expand those immediately. Even overdose prevention sites have had criticism from people in the neighborhood that they you know they don't want them there. They attract like you know they attract people who use drugs, and neighbors have been concerned about that. So that kind of raises the question of well, where where are people allowed to safely use drugs? So uh, it, it definitely um, there's definitely vocal neighborhood groups who who raise concerns with those sites. And so again, the government has to balance those concerns with the availability of, uh, you know, people able to safely use their drugs. When can this legislation take effect? Well, I mean, the, the, the NDP has a majority, so it's, it's going to kick away through the fall legislative session. I expect it will pass uh, before the end of the session in, in early December, so, or, or sorry, late November. So it sounds like uh, in the next, probably in the next month uh, or maybe, maybe six weeks, we will see this legislation. Um, and then it, it should, it will take effect right away once legislation passes. So uh, again, in not much time, if the government was planning to expand overdose prevention sites, not much time to do that. But again, for mayors and for business owners who are concerned, I think they would like to see this uh, as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. I know as many Canadians are kind of reckoning with the the toxic drugs crisis across the country. Many look to BC, which has been on the forefront to see how this will all play out. Katie, thanks for your time. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate the chat. 10.3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Katie DeRosa. More from her at VancouverSun.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.